0: Hello everyone and welcome to Side Dish. This is an IFT podcast that dishes up perspectives from multiple disciplines related to the science of food and developing your career in this rapidly changing ecosystem. I'm your host, Bruce Perkin. Today, we're gonna be discussing the state of the job market and hopefully providing you, the listener, with some great tips and suggestions for how to navigate the current employment environment and also maybe some suggestions for how best to nurture your career aspirations. We have two awesome guests today. Amitha Filstrom, who's the founder and chairperson of Filstrom Consulting Group, a business development and strategic advisory firm. Among her many other achievements, she's also a board member of the Plant-Based Foods Association and a senior director of Future Farm, a Brazilian plant-based food business. She's also held roles with Impossible Foods, Cargill, and Clemens, just to name a few, and holds a master's from the University of Minnesota. Our second guest is Dr. Owen Carroll, who's the executive recruiter for the food industry practice of K Bassman, which is a search firm ranked in the top 10 in its field. Since earning his PhD from Howard University, Owen has held roles leading innovation with great businesses such as Procter & Gamble, PepsiCo, and Avery Dennison. Amitha and Owen, welcome to Side Dish.
1: Thank you, Bruce.
2: Thank you so much for having us here.
1: Yes.
0: Well, let's start today by asking you both to tell us a little bit about your background and how you came to be in the role that you're in today. Amitha, let's start with you. How did you get to the role you have got to today?
2: Well, first, I would say it's been a blessing as well as a privilege to be where I'm sitting today as the senior director for U.S. and Canada for food service for Future Farm. I've only been in this role less than six months. Um, As you know, Bruce, um, June 14, 2021 is when I started this role, and it's been an amazing ride so far. Future Farm has only been around for 26 months, and we're already in 24 countries And we're new to the U.S. uh, effective June 14th last year. So we really have our work cut out for us, but we are ready to go and excited to use a lot of the things that I've already done in the industry to implement here, but also do them differently and better.
0: Very good. So Owen, what's, what's been your career path? What can we learn from you?
1: Well, my career path has been pretty interesting and very, very different than most physiologists. You know, my training is not in food, but as a physiologist and uh, started out uh, teaching anatomy and physiology briefly and then went into industry, which has been my passion. And in, in uh, specifically in the development of innovative products, new products, always new to the market products. So spent the uh, first part of my career at Procter & Gamble. Developing products such as one that's closest to me is Align, a probiotic, a number one leading doctor-recommended probiotic. And after uh, leaving that, uh, Procter & Gamble joined PepsiCo and served as a director of R&D at uh, Frito-Lay specifically. And again, developing new product, launched the first Cracker & Cheetos. Again, these are all, for me, they are blessings because this is a physiologist creating products that have touched millions of lives, and hopefully bettering their lives. And then after, uh, at an intersection, I was a vice president of innovation at Avery Dennison. And at the point, I was traveling every other week to California. We reached a cross section, and I'm a praying guy. And so (laughs) that led to saying, I'm going to take all of the knowledge and experience I've had and help professionals in the food industry identify new career opportunities. And that's what I do every single day. Serve my fellow food professionals by helping them find new, new careers, new jobs, and my clients uh, helping them find great talent that are basically food scientists. Doing mainly food safety quality and product development.
0: Awesome. So so you're both now in a position where you are constantly looking for great talent. So what experiences are you looking for with the candidates you review? And what, what in your mind, helps people really stand out as candidates? Um, I thought, why don't you lead us off with that?
2: Yeah, so I think for, if I speak on behalf of Future Farm, we really are looking for that pro-Earth generation, that person that truly is uh, that globalist, someone that's an explorer, that entrepreneurial type of spirit, that go-getter. Someone that is very driven, but most of all, just to want to have fun, right? You know, when you are in the plant based segment, you really each and every day for us, our mission is to change the way the world eats. And we get to live that every day. And to do that, something so much bigger than yourself, you want to have fun, right? You want to enjoy what you're doing, but also you want to be able to say from that nine to five that you're working with someone that's your family. And we want to make sure that that type of culture is embedded of people feeling like this is a home away from home, but you're with your work colleagues and you're in a safe and a happy and a thriving environment.
0: Mm. Yeah. I mean, I'm so thrilled that you you talk about fun as being a critical element in, in your career. I mean, I couldn't agree more So, Arun, tell us about your experiences, about what are you looking for in that candidate? What what helps you identify what stands out in a candidate?
1: Well, Bruce, that's an interesting question because, as you know, within the world of executive recruiting, we first start by trying to understand what it is our client is looking for. And that conversation, uh, because of my background, I'm able to have, I think, unique conversations with my clients in terms of what they're looking for and helping them to sometimes even fine tune what that ideal candidate would be or should be. And based on that agreed upon set of skills and experiences, we then identify individuals who have those. And they're very much sometimes specific type of experience. For example, a person has had experience developing uh, products from concept through to commercialization, and it may be a specific kind of product. Uh, it could be in the you know snack industry, the meat industry. It could be a beverage. So my point is, one, I basically agree with the client in terms of what it is they need, help them to define that. And then based on that set of you know those things they're looking for what is interesting though is not only must clients or candidates sorry be qualified but they must be able to fit the client's organization right and so i am thinking of what Amitha said so some clients if they're in the early stages of the the company versus a more matured company like a procter and gamble or like a PepsiCo, they're looking, these younger companies, and many of my clients are in the um, indoor farming industry. Mm. And so they're looking Mm. for people who can fit into a very entrepreneurial type of environment. Uh, 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 People who, you know, they are okay with uncertainty, and they can make decisions in that kind of environment. Right. So again, it is a function of what it is the client needs are that they're looking for. And then I go and identify individuals who have those specific kinds of experiences, skills and, and backgrounds.
0: So, so if we sort of pivot a little bit and, and focus more on, on the, the sorts of candidates that are just coming out of uh, universities and colleges now, and, and in, if a particular candidate doesn't have a lot of experience, which most of them don't, of course, say, because they are fresh out of college, will they be overlooked for positions? Do you, do, do you think that's a risk for these people? or And how can they address that? Owen, can you help us with yeah.
1: that? Yes, Bruce. First of all, uh, there are some companies that are looking for a recent grad. Uh, in the spirit of transparency, most of the time, I um, uh, the clients leverage our services to find experienced professionals, right? That's just the reality of the group of uh, the companies that work with me. However, when there is a need, and for a recent grad, they often would go to the school, and if they use us, it will be, we're looking for this kind of a degree, and in particular, these kinds of uh, experiences, even if they are from, you know, just coming out of school. So for example, we're looking for someone who can fit into a team environment, who can work very nicely with others, collaborative? We're looking for someone who's a good problem solver. I mean, we can have questions that allow us to determine if the person will have those kind of experiences. The net net of your question, though, is when a, quest, a company is looking for a recent grad, then that person who's just coming out to school is not going to be overlooked. But again, they're going to say, but we're looking for these kinds of things, and I gave you a few Mm examples, and they will be as competitive if the need is for a recent grad. So there's no, uh, I think it then becomes a matter of how do you effectively communicate the kinds of skills and experiences they're looking for during that interview, and that's that next level, maybe we'll get to that uh, question Mm -hmm. later.
0: Yeah, sure. So, so Amitha, you, do you look for recent graduates in addition to experienced folks? Can you add to what uh, what Owen was talking about?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And so I want to give two examples, if that's okay, for sake of time. Please. It's really, it's, it's very right now, I would say, it's very interesting. And all of us really need to take heed to this question because it's really profound and very important. When I first came into the job market, it was the baby boomers that was my mentors, okay? Woman, don't tell her age, but you get where I'm going with this. And it was very important because that's who helped groom me, shape me, mold me into the leader that I am today. But then for my son, who now works for General Mills Isaiah, he has a Generation X that is mentoring him or who he reports to, Mm and then now when when you think of the generation Z and those millennials they are the ones that are now going into those leadership roles so when you and, and if someone that's a baby boomer maybe it was a traditionalist that was their manager that helped mold and shape them into their career so i would say we need to put in place mentor buddies and pals and sponsors So therefore, throughout the whole entire organization, you have a sponsor. Maybe it's that senior leader, that executive that can help that new graduate when they come into the organization for every quarter or every six months, have a 30-minute coffee check to say, how are you doing? Let me walk you through our organization. Let me help you understand how my career went. Because then that type, Of understanding those type of relationships, making sure that we're walking through those barriers or or preventing those pitfalls that those young graduates will face when they go into their careers is very important. And then that mentor, maybe that's that generation X or Z, but that's very important for that mid-level manager to assist that new graduate coming into a big organization Mm. or a startup like Future Farm, a food tech company. But then that PAL, so that millennium, that, that work colleague that they are working with, as well as that recent graduate, where they can bounce ideas off of and where they can help each other navigate this career. Because these are things that, unfortunately, I call it the backpack, the briefcase. They are not as taught into colleges as well as to say, hey, do you know about your job reviews? Do you understand that you're not going to be promoted the first six months you come into yes. your job? Yes. <laughs> right? um, do you understand that networking is very important? Mm. Like Owen said, team building is very important. Everyone can do the job, but can you be the right fit? And those are the things that we need to help our young graduates when they come into any organization, doesn't matter what organization but you make sure you put these type of perimeters in place to make sure that they are doing hire to retire type of positions.
0: So it really sounds like you're advocating the experience process being extremely useful in establishing um, career paths for yourself, which then raises the question about internships, how important is, is it for a, a student to take on an internship during their course? And um, if they do take on an internship, what's the, they want to, for example, what's the best way of finding one of these internships and securing a really good one? Do you, do you, would you like to build on that, Amitha?
2: Absolutely. I think internships are the best thing since Life bread.
0: All right.
2: sh- everyone should have an internship as well as even in high school, there should be a job shadowing opportunities for high schoolers to start job shadowing right. uh, professionals with what they want to do as a degree, etc., cetera, or ideas, whatever it is, start doing job shadowing as early as in high school, because that is so important to, to have those types of gaps. To already be uh, connected, where you'll be able to say, in high school I job shadow. so therefore now I know where I want to intern at because I went to watch them or watch that company or I job shadow. So therefore, you're 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 putting together the gaps where you're putting together really linkage to remove the gaps and barriers, especially of people of color, because a lot of times we don't understand or know someone about an internship or have the connections. To know someone that's hiring or to have someone put their name on you to say, uh, could you give my son a job or et cetera. So that's really important. But a lot of places people don't think about is LinkedIn. LinkedIn is the number one place to network. As early as when you were in high school, you should have a LinkedIn profile. And start connecting to some of these companies, following them, but also start introducing yourself to people so you can start building that network to know about jobs, as well as job boards. So Monster.com, et cetera, or people like Owen's uh, organization, that's amazing organization, where people are connecting with headhunters and recruiters to find out what opportunities there is out there. Mm. Owen, did you want to add something?
1: Yeah no I agree with everything you said I I just want to be be, be kind of underscore the importance of uh, internships I, I think the internship should also be pursued in a in with the mindset of I have now the opportunity to focus get into a company and have real work experience but I should also uh, think of it as an opportunity to learn of not only the area that I have chosen to participate in, but see if I can get my boss to give me access to what are the other parts of this business I'm in, because that may help and determine what mm-hmm. may I, I may want to do next year. It is an opportunity to gain exposure to the different parts of and different functions within an organization Mm. versus I'm here to do product development and that's what I'm doing for the quarter. Uh, People do that but I've always advised uh, take the opportunity to learn as much do your work that you've been brought in there to do, do it well but take the time take the lunch breaks to talk and network with others who may be in other functions so now you're saying wow this is even more interesting. This one is much more interesting than what I came here for initially. So next summer, and by the way i i am I'm making another point that Amitha said or mentioned, and this is has to do with individuals who are in families who have the experience of being in industry. I, I, I'm making a general observation. it's not necessarily only to minorities or people of color. But where you're in a family, and very often if you're the first in that family uh, to be going to college or whatever, you don't have the luxury of a parent telling you about the importance of, of, you know, the internship or the the importance of networking. Mm. Uh, I'm saying that because I have had the opportunity to mentor individuals who today they're Presidents of big companies, or I've watched my mentees being global vice presidents of whatever. And but, but, but here it is. But my kids did what Amita said because they, I was able to tell them of the importance of being from the time they were in high school, spent their high school in hospitals or in, in, you know, at Procter Gamble. And my daughter's doing the, the the point I'm making where you don't have the benefit of a parent or family in a specific career, what I'm saying is there are other opportunities for us to be in these schools to help these young people hear about these other areas. And maybe there's got to be some intentionality, especially around the food industry as to what you should be doing, because there are a whole lot of folks coming out who don't have the the internship or they are now for the first time looking for a job and they've never done an internship, maybe because they were just glad to get into school, but nobody was there and the school wasn't preparing them for that.
0: Right. I mean, clearly the, the internship process also gives the candidates a fantastic opportunity to start experiencing the yes. mentoring that Amitha yes. was, was referring to as well. So mm-hmm. there is so many benefits that I think that can be derived from internships that uh, help people learn to work is, is another one, for example. Mm-hmm. You know, you, coming out of school, you, you you don't realize that, yes, I do need to turn up to work five days a week and I need to be there all day and I can't just take days off when I feel like it. Because it, learning to work is is part of the the process of being part of an internship as well.
2: Yeah, and I'm seeing a lot of uh, companies that are doing rotational programs mm. for some of these young graduates when they come into organizations, which I think is amazing because they'll really be able to see each a business segment of the organization. Right. So for uh-huh. them to take on many different roles, I think that that is that is huge. I think and and for their personality types, uh, for this generation, they need that. They need yeah. that
0: and how the how the business actually fits together and functions exactly. as, a, as a whole yeah it's much easier to see when you when you've experienced that wide breadth of uh, of an organization
2: yeah absolutely because my undergraduate masters is in hr and i always say to myself even taking a role with any company how do i fit and why do i matter yeah and those are the things you need to always ask yourself but when you're bringing in young talent or experienced talent you have to make sure you're providing those uh, those those questions to get those answers for people, because that keeps them there.
0: I, I really love what you just said. I mean, how do I fit and why do I matter? As as questions you need to uh, address to yourself to 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 know who you are internally, and and it raises uh, the subject that you both have already touched upon, which is. These days there's lots and lots and lots of discussion about the value of diversity and inclusion. Can I ask you both to give us your views how a candidate might navigate the challenges and or opportunities about this heightened awareness that of diversity and inclusion and what that, how that challenges or, or even um, provides opportunities for, for all candidates? Owen, would you like to lead us off on that?
1: Yes, I I sure will. Uh, First of all, I would say, especially for those who are listening to this uh, uh, podcast, my encouragement to you is to first do a little research to get data that I think by now is definitive, that when you bring a diverse set of minds to the table in businesses, in, in academia, wherever it is, you get richer outcomes as you look at a, an issue from multiple angles. Here is the point I'm trying to make. An individual must first be convinced that there is value to diversity. They shouldn't be, if, if they're not convinced, and as a scientist, my thing is get the data. There's a lot out there. Now, once you have uh, convinced yourself that there is value, if you're at the stage of a student and you are now joined in an organization, I would encourage you to then, first of all, the company did a great job of bringing you on board. Now you have to show up and do not be afraid to share your perspective because That's the value you bring to the table. It's no sense having diversity, but there is silence and you don't leverage that diversity. So I'm going to encourage those who come to the table, regardless of color, race, age, discipline, show up and be present and engage because it is that's the value you're bringing to the table. I'm quite sure there's going to be more I would like to add, but that, that's my introduction.
0: <laughs> Off you go, Ameta.
2: <laughs>
1: How do I go behind Owen with that? Amazing, <laughs> right?
2: Yeah. As an African-American woman, um, you know, it's um, it's very interesting. So I would like to share. My husband is Caucasian and my son is mixed and we've been married for 25 years. I've been I'm blessed and favored to be Mrs. Pilstrom, but I am also Isaiah's mother. And I always remind Isaiah that he is both. But one thing I say to Isaiah as a young child, if I appear to be standing tall, that is because I'm standing on the backs and the necks of my ancestors. And that's Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., I carry that with me in my bosom and I brought it to my son is because I cannot hide my race. When I show up before I even speak, you see me as a black woman. And so therefore, I want to make sure that when you hire me, I am going to be my authentic self. I am when I speak, I am going to speak on behalf of our culture. Because at the end of the day, that is what I bring to the table. My culture, my undergrad and my master's, my experience, me coming from the heartbeat of Chicago. These are all of the things, as a mother and a wife, I will bring to this job. So you should not hide your ethnicity, you should not hide that diversity. You should make sure that you are in an organization where they truly believe in inclusion. But there's one piece we missed out, gentlemen, and that is equity. Because that piece is very important, not about the job that you're doing today, but what is the job that I'm going to be doing tomorrow as this African-American woman going into leadership, representing your organization, but also representing my people. And that is very important. And people forget that. Don't give us a job to check a box. Give us a job to add value and to earn our seat at that table.
1: Well said.
0: Very well said. I I couldn't agree more. So, So we'll change gears a little bit at this point. And what I observe is that the... Recruitment process, or at least the early stages of the recruitment process these days, seems to be all online, you know, with the big job sites like Indeed, Seek, and lots of others, of course. Do I still need to proactively email my CV separately to each business I'm interested in working with? You know, how much legwork and cold calling should people be doing these days in order to secure? The job they really want,
1: all of their above. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I, if I would tell I would tell any candidate. And by the way, we are at a very unique time right now. This is a candidate scarce market, right? And and so I would strongly suggest to leverage every possible means of getting multiple opportunities. Uh, ideally, if you would have done an, a one or two internships, you would have had exposure to at least one company that you say, okay, I already know my potential to be in this company, but now that I'm starting my career, I want to get other options. And so hopefully you will take the time to communicate with some other companies either directly or leveraging a job board or leveraging executive recruiters. And I would love to share later on why there is value in that particular part. I'm not saying it is necessarily the best approach, but it's one of the significant approaches in terms of getting into a company, in terms of the executive recruiters. Um, But um, yeah, so my point is all of the above. Use every um, uh, possible uh, access to 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 the job potential uh, potential job opportunities.
0: So it seems like it might be even more powerful now to to do your legwork and cold calling than it was yes. even before.
2: Yes. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I agree. So, Amitha, you're you're busy nodding and, and 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 agreeing as well. What do you have anything that you would like to add to what Owen said?
2: Yeah, I I, I agree with everything um, Owen said, and also. I would say even go the extra mile. What's going to differentiate right. you from the rest of the candidate pool that's all applying for that job? Yeah. You know, I, I I think it was like 2 years ago a young lady had put a billboard uh out of herself uh, trying to get a job with Tyler Perry uh to be on his TV show uh and or, an, or, a, or a movie or one of the two if you guys google it you'll see but she did a billboard and, and guess what? She is now on this TV show, Sisters. So people thought, oh my God, that's so crazy. But no, actually, didn't she get the job and you didn't? So sometimes you have to be able to set yourself apart right. for the rest. The cream rises to the top. So what are you going to do, right? What are you bringing to the table that's different than someone else? And I agree with Owen that you need to do a little bit more because right now, People want the best talent. People want that entrepreneur spirit, that drive, where therefore when they hire you, you are going to take them from zero to 100 quick. So therefore, the time of standing around, looking around, shuffling papers, looking busy, those days are over. You're going to have to hit the ground running right away when you get these roles and to prove yourself and put some points on the board for that organization.
0: hmm So I think it goes to not just the job application process, but once you even get that first job, if your line manager gives you a task to do, shouldn't we all be trying to do better than his expectations? So to set ourselves apart? I mean, isn't this setting ourselves apart process the magic of career success. So why not do it at the at the prior to getting the job as well as yes, after getting the absolutely.
2: job. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good is not good enough. Yeah. Well yeah.
1: Well said. Well said. Yeah. I, I have shared with it's funny that we are talking about this uh, at this stage, but my my daughter, my middle daughter I should say, who works for Janssen, the Rx division of Johnson and Johnson. Um, she calls me up every now and then. She, this is her first year, you know, just finished her postdoc. So she's calling pops up. And what we are talking about is the simple today now. I'm not talking about last week. We are talking about having, she had that conversation earlier, but yesterday she had a chance to meet with her global vice president. And. Her global vice president, her boss, reports to that individual. So a little coaching. But here was the co- here was the coaching, and this is still relevant here. When you see that boss in, or this boss's boss in 2022, at the end of 2022, and they say, you know, and you say, well, t- tell me what would be the story you would be saying why you will be promoting Heather? What has she done? Um, What are the things that she did that is deserving of a promotion? And she gets to know that now so that Mm. all of the projects that she's doing must point towards if I deliver with excellence that conversation about... So, So one of the things I start asking, this is still back relevant to what I'm saying. When a person who is now joining a company, my advice to you, Ask your boss, in a year from now, when you're doing my review, just tell me what would be the story you'll be saying why Owen exceeded expectations wow. and he's in the first five percentile of our, of our, of our organization. What mm. are the things? And because most times when you see a company and a job, it's about to set a job descriptions and it has nothing to do. With the deliverables, what must this person do to not just meet but exceed your expectations? That's a different conversation than could you do this, 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 which is what job jobs and interviews are about. But 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 I really like that point that Hamida said. It's all about exceeding expectations, but it needs to begin even before you enter the game into the company. I love that. Yeah. Yeah,
0: this this whole concept of a of a job description and and uh, working to your job description is uh, seems to me to be a recipe for failure. It is. Because you know, because the expectations of you are, are generally well outside that job description.
2: Right, it should be what is the need of the company. Yes. Mm-hmm. What is the need? And it's your job to help find the solution to that need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually boss sometimes what keeps you up at night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what else can I do to help take something off your plate? Yep. Because yes. that you don't, you don't just want to, you know, settle for just mm-hmm. that job you have. You want to start doing the job you want tomorrow. Yes. You should dress for it. You should act like you already got the job and do the job description of that job already. Small little projects, join committees, start networking, getting to understand what's going on above you.
1: Yeah. And uh, by the way, may may I say this is where I feel that people of color can have challenges. Yes. Where I, and I will continue to encourage young people, but this is where I believe now where you have a home where your parent may have been and done that before. It's easy for you to counsel your children, right? But there's some of our listeners that may not have had this experience. So here's our advice to you. When you get into that organization, just be aware there may be situations where a person who is not looking like you, if you're a person of color, may not find it that easy to just immediately say, I want to mentor you. Yeah. Just be aware that that may be the case but you need to seek it out for your own edification and growth. Yeah. Be proactive. It's okay to ask. Ninety nine percent of the time, folks wouldn't tell you no.
0: Yeah, and I think as a, as a senior leader in an organization, uh, I always found it flattering when people asked me to, to mentor them. It was never something I, I rejected. It was always something that it was, exactly wow, I, I feel so great that this person has come to me and asked me to help them.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I, I 100% agree with both of you on that one. Um, when I came to Future Farm, again, it's a Brazilian company, and so I'm dealing with language barriers, right? They speak Portuguese, mm-hmm. Espanol. I speak neither one of those. And then you also have cultural differences, right? And so through those two things, I'm finding myself also learning of differences of leadership styles, personalities. Right. And so I, I myself said, I need a mentor. I need a Brazilian mentor, someone to help pour into me. Right. So that intimacy into me, you see, I want to be vulnerable enough to understand how can I thrive in this organization? Because that's, that's something as well. So you, I would give advice to anyone to say, be vulnerable enough so someone can really help you yeah. Because if you yeah. are not your authentic self, how can they truly be intimate with you or to help you in any way, shape, or
0: form? Yeah, absolutely right. Uh-huh. So so Owen, before you mentioned the concept of a uh, special circumstance of working with a recruiter. So can you help us a little bit to understand uh, what is working with a recruiter like as compared to not working with one and, What are the the benefits of proactively seeking out a recruiter to help you with your career path?
1: Well, I would just focus on the main benefit of using recruiters, and it's this. Recruiters often have direct access both to the hiring authority, which includes very often the the person who this job will be reporting to, as well as human resources. And in many cases, we are also dealing with the president and CEO of the company. When you send in a resume, those people don't see that. And we have insight beyond just, you, it's, it's more than a resume. Now, now, to be clear, there are recruiters and there are recruiters.
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: there are some who push resumes, they get resumes, shoot resumes. We don't do that at Cape Bassman and 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 specifically in the food industry practice as well. So we are able to introduce a candidate to our client. We talk about the candidate. The resume is just a a a, a place a place to refer to the conversation we have about our candidates. Mm. And so there are things that are never going to be captured in the resume that we are able to articulate. So one, it's, it gives you direct access, and we are able to deal again with a lot of the intangibles, the things that are not captured in a job description, you know, that deals with the fit into the culture, um, that deals with, tell, I can tell you a little about the person who you'll be working for, and because we find that out tell us about this person's boss, tell us about their working self. And we are able to share with a candidate insights that help prepare them for an effective interview with the company. So mm. preparation, here is the key. And a, a, a good recruiter can help prepare a candidate to stand out in an interviewing process. Right, yeah. And increase the likelihood of them at least getting an offer. Right. And then, of course, we do a number of things. There's an interview preparation process. I mean, and it's very systematic and methodical that, that we follow. So net-net uh, is we're able to prepare that candidate to be effective in that interview process to stand out, if you may. From so their, if I, if I
0: don't training. have this recruiter helping me with that process and maybe I, I'm i self-aware enough to know that maybe I don't handle interviews all that particularly well because I'm usually too nervous about the whole damn thing, um, what can I do to improve my interviewing skills?
1: Great question. Well, there are two things that jump to my mind immediately. One is... Let's suppose you're not using a recruiter. Just go online. There are a whole lot of you Google or do YouTube. They'll You'll have articles that will tell you about how to um, improve your recruiting, uh, your interviewing skills. But uh, I went on Indeed. There is a video you can access on interviewing, giving you good tips. Uh, uh, I would advise that you leverage your university career center. Uh, they often do things about interviews to prepare you if, you're, if your school has that. Some schools may not, but a, a number of schools a, a, allow you to, you know, if you may prepare for an effective preparation for interviews. But my mm-hmm. advice would be, again, oh, by the way, a lot of, like K Bassman, a number of recruiters, even if you're not using that recruiter, you can go on a recruiter, an executive recruiting site and find a video on effective interview.
0: Yeah. So, so here we are back at, at the same place again, encouraging people to go the extra mile to distinguish themselves from everybody else. I mean, that's yes. essentially the yes. same message, isn't it? Yes, yes. Yeah. So Amitha, a little while back during the conversation, you mentioned um, social media, and particularly you, you highlighted LinkedIn. So I want to ask you a question about my internet footprint, and that's clearly everybody's got an internet footprint these days. So is it okay to have a fairly professional LinkedIn page and not worry too much about what I've got on Facebook and TikTok and everything else? Tell tell me your view on all of that.
2: Okay. That's a very good question. And I'm going to answer it as Armitha, the businesswoman, and then Armitha as the mother. Is that Okay. Okay. You exactly. go
0: right ahead, because <laughs> I'm not sure that the answer's that different. <laughs> yeah,
2: Exactly. Isaiah would, Isaiah would tell you the same thing. It's not. I just want to touch a little bit about the interview piece, because this was important. I wrote down this, what Owen had said, and I, I wanted to add Toastmasters. Yeah. If, mm-hmm. if you have mm-hmm. not Great signed tradition. up for that, yes. that is so good for public speaking. Yes. Great and then the other thing I wanted to uh, add was you need to get in front of a mirror and come up with a 30-second commercial about yourself. Who are you in 30 seconds in your interview when you first walk in? How, when they say, tell me a little something about you, you need to nail that in 30 seconds. Okay, so sorry, I digressed. I just needed to add that piece. No,
0: thank so, you. It's, it's great information. Yes.
2: So one piece about the social media, people, people, people listen carefully. I don't care if you're just coming out of college. I don't care if you are a seasoned professional of 20 plus years or more. Everything that you put out here on the internet, it's out here. Don't put nothing out here that your grandmama going to be crying in the church about. Don't embarrass yourself or the family. Close your legs and put some clothes on, on social media. People look that stuff up and that's hurting a lot of people getting jobs. You cannot sit around here on LinkedIn and have a professional LinkedIn profile and have your resume out there and then when we go to Instagram or Facebook, you're half naked, you're at a party and you're twerking. No. Okay? It doesn't it doesn't add up. What what celebrities do, that's what they do. But if you're trying to get a jobby job, you need to get yourself together and be professional on both, period. I'm sorry. I needed to say that because I am getting sick and tired of this happening out here on social media. And also, you are a brand. You need to carry yourself accordingly as a brand. Now, what do I mean by that? On social media, there are two brands, your personal brand, me, myself, and I brand, who you are your values, right? What, what you bring to the table, your morals, your spiritual, whatever it is that is your brand. But when you start working for an organization, you tie who you are to their brand and don't nobody want to hitch their wagon, a billion dollar company with someone that they can't bring into a boardroom or be in front of investor that when they will feel ashamed of who you are. So, yes, you work for the organization for that nine to five, but it's very important of what you're doing from five to nine that will affect your nine to five job.
0: Well said.
1: I I I want to build on what uh Amitha said because you you said it so well, but I just thought I'll just throw in a few things. I think of the general guideline as you have your author beyond uh, uh, LinkedIn, uh, here are the general guidelines that I would like to suggest. No offensive language, no hate speech, no posting excessive amounts of binge drinking or alcohol Mm -hmm. uh, or drug-related content. Keeping outfits generally appropriate, uh, as you mentioned, or at least something that you said that your grandma wouldn't have to be... (laughs) <laughs> crying, <laughs> crying, crying in church, or, or, or that you that your boss would not be, you know, would be embarrassed if you see if you know your bosses to see it. Um, and I I would like to just suggest one of the best policies you should think and keep to yourself is that if you feel uncomfortable posting something, don't post it. Yeah. Just don't post it. Great advice. Um, It's not worth messing up your career when you had your gut feeling, "Mm, maybe I shouldn't. Yep, don't.
0: Mm, Yep, well said. Well, as we finish up here today, um, just one last question for you both to think about and give us some comment on, and, and that is what is it that you would want, food scientists to know about the job market today that we haven't already covered. Amitha, what what would you say to that?
2: Yes, and I'm going to give a shameless plug, please, uh, to Future Farm. (laughs) Please go to our
0: website,
2: (laughs) futurefarm.io. We are hiring. So please reach out to us because we are always looking for great um, talent, especially through IFT. So I would say... um, Overall, you know, just again, uh, be your authentic self, be your authentic self, know yourself, reach out to me if you need someone to talk to. I'm always available. I don't know if you're going to put our information out, but please, I'm on LinkedIn. But I think, you know, future scientists, believe in yourself. You are our tomorrow. We need you. So as more as you understand your own self, your own worth, have your own confidence, please use that and capitalize off that and and reach out to people and, and, and talk to people. And also think about where you want to be five and 10 years from now working for a company. Those are the companies you want to start following on LinkedIn. Those are the companies you want to start really researching and finding out what they're doing So therefore I go back to what I said earlier is how do I fit and why do I matter?
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very good. How about you, Alan? What would you like to add before we finish up today?
1: Yeah. uh, The only thing I would like to add, and I so much agree with everything Amitha said, uh, but the only thing I would like to add that I don't think we touched on much is when you are, when you have the opportunity to interview, to have that first conversation with a potential employer. Take the time to understand and do the research about the company, Mm. the kind of products they make, uh, a little about their organization, and try to come to the table with the mindset of what you are going to bring to the table, to that company. To help solve its problems. You alluded to that earlier, Amitha. Mm, yeah. Try to not come and just talk about I want to be this and I want to be that and I and I and I. I've seen enough of those interviews. I've interviewed my own share of those while in industry. I'm always 10 times more impressed, and I can tell you it's it's true. When a person can come to the table and have some insight into the company and then talk about how you are that problem solver that and you can you can even if it may not have been the same kind of problem that they have but you can start to show your proclivity your your history your mm-hmm. your enjoyment of solving problems and how you're going to bring your early skills in, and experience in food science to help that company grow People make the mistake of sometimes just focusing on my career, my career. But it's a, it's a, it must be symbiotic. It, the, the person must feel, ah, we're bringing someone in here who's going to help us grow, who's going to help us achieve our goals. So that's the only additional uh, tip that came to mind.
0: Well, I just all I can do is thank you both for your time and your insights today, Amitha and Owen. I've really enjoyed learning from you. And yes, and indeed, I've learned some things today. And and I've loved hearing your great insights on this universal challenge. I only wish I had been fortunate enough to uh, get your take on this before I started my own career. So thank you both very much.
1: Thank you, Bruce. You're welcome. And it truly was a pleasure and privilege to have this conversation with you, Bruce, and of course, partnering with Armita.
2: Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much, Bruce, for having me. And it's been a pleasure virtually meeting you as well Owen. hope our paths cross again soon. Absolutely and Bruce, always call me if you ever need anything. I'm always here for you.
0: Very good. Thank you both, Amitra and Owen. You're welcome. Thank you also to our listeners. If you're enjoying Side Dish, please let us know by leaving a review wherever you source your podcasts or by connecting with IFT. You can find us on Twitter using the handle at IFT or by searching the Institute of Food Technologists on Facebook and LinkedIn. For more on this subject we talked about today, or many others, be sure to visit our website at ift.org and type in the subject that you're interested in into the search box to gain access to a ton of resources. Thank you for listening to Side Dish. I'm your host, Bruce Perkin. Have a great day, everyone.